Hello and welcome back. It's Kate Ward dropping in to your Instagram chats once again to have a conversation with our Making Zen artists. And this afternoon we have the pleasure of joining uh, Ilnaz. Sorry, my brain just stopped working for a moment there. I'm going to send her a quick invitation to see if she would like to join us. There we go. From Chile, San Francisco. Oh, that's fabulous. How's everything going with you? Are you excited for the Making Zen online retreat? Hi. And here Hi, she Kate. is. Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's getting a little bit late. We're yeah, it's from a little bit late. It's about 9pm, 9, 9 but it's quite nice to do it in the evening after a working day. Yes. Exactly. Well, I really appreciate you making the time to join us today. And I, I understand yes. you're joining us from your studio. Yes. Is it possible you, we can have a little sneak peek? Yeah, I'm actually peak in the of... process of um, framing quite a lot of pieces ready for the knitting and stitching shows. So we have in the UK, we have two big knitting and stitching shows, one's uh, in October and one's in November in London and Harrogate. So it's quite a lot of prep. Um, but I'll just kind of uh, peer around you can see the sort of mess on the floor there but some of my larger pieces are on the wall I've got materials and then kind of books and things and then I have my my proud embroidered guild award behind me <laughs> oh congratulations yes these things must be displayed Definitely. in a prominent spot uh, well, thank you so much for that little tour. I always find it really fascinating to see inside other people's studios. And oh, I guess I'm just fascinated by the, the creative, um, the creativity. And I know whenever I look around my studio, I'm like, oh, this mess, it's just too much. But whenever I have people coming to visit, they're like, oh, look, this is so interesting and oh look at this that's so interesting so it sometimes yeah, gives you a different perspective find my on studio things. a bit mad because if they don't know my practice and i'm collecting so many unusual materials they'll be like why have you got a box of springs <laughs> why have you got a box of this random thing that you've cut up into beads <laughs> but i think a part of my studio is mainly just storage lots of different um drawers and bits mm. and places where i keep things that i can embellish with um, but that's quite fun i like organizing it actually yeah I think it's kind of important too. It's nice to have chaos and creativity, but it's also you need to have that balance of keeping things in places where you can find them because there's nothing worse than going, I've got this really great idea. I really want to use such and such. And then it's like, where is it? a label oh, maker. Every crafter needs a label maker. <laughs> or if you're really, I agree. One of those, um, <laughs> ugh, those cupboards that sort of open out, you'll, I always get adverts for them. Um, that would be the dream but not quite ready for that yet oh you know what now you've got me thinking <laughs> about those kind of things too because my studio is just a bedroom uh with a wardrobe in it like a closet and i'm like oh imagine i turned it into one of those mm -hmm. amazing mm -hmm. things or <gasps> go away flip Ooh. down yeah that would be the dream <laughs> yeah yeah you're, you're talking to the organizer in me <laughs> Um, and that's kind of a, a really lovely segue talking about the different things that you like to use in your embroidery. 
Do you per chance happen to have the um, an example of what you're going to be showing yes, us? Yes, I've got the two actually. I've got um, a couple of different embroidered worlds, embellished worlds. I've got this one and I've got this one. So my um, workshop is called, I call, I named it Rethinking Embroidery, but I've actually just uh, finished another course with textileartist.org which uh, was sort of along the similar lines, but we were looking at um, experimental embroidered worlds. So it's sort of all, it all connects mm -hmm. to this idea of, of rethinking embroidery and kind of what you might use as traditional embellishments and creating your own kind of little abstract pieces that you can get lost within, which is the meditative side of it really. Um, mm -hmm. So you can use pretty much mm -hmm. anything with your stitching. Um, and I think that the whole idea of kind of rethinking it is to not just buy a bag of beads and some embroidery thread, but actually use things that you can kind of find around you and um, kind of exploit that tra those traditional stitches that you get within the kind of Zen making booklet yeah. that I'm providing with people. Um, but yeah, it's all about kind of um, learning how to rethink the traditional techniques, how to use the unusual materials, so collecting things like rubber, plastic, card, paper, um, anything that isn't traditional. <laughs> um, and then you can just, once you've got those kind of tools from the workshop, you can transform just about anything into a kind of a beautiful embroidery piece or an embellishment. Um, which could be applied to mm. a piece of art, like we're creating in the video in the making retreat, a kind of small hoop scale. It's not quite as big as the one that I showed you on the wall at the beginning, but it's it's a starting point. It's a sample starting point. But I've then gone on to kind of embellish things. Then you can upcycle things. You can do it straight under clothing, bags. A little bit difficult to wash, but I would say you can you can kind of let your imagination run wild really with it. You've got me thinking there. For some reason, I'm thinking of the little, like, metallic metal washers that are used for, gosh, they're not a washer. They've got a special name, but, you know, like, you've got yeah. the nut and the bolt, and then there's that yeah. little metal ring. Yeah, Those. If you put... Yes, yes, that kind of thing. And if you put that on your clothes and then wash them, you'd start to get rust and all yes. kinds of interesting right. things. I, 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 I'm friends with a, a, a lady who does rust dyeing and bits like that. So I, yeah, and, and it's funny when I've collected things for for a while, they do start to sort of tarnish or, or the colour will fade and whatnot. But I haven't really explored that really, the, kind of how that might make a mark on, on the cloth afterwards. But I tend to work with the more, the first steps of it, of that more tangible kind of organising and decorating and, and embellishing and, and beading. Uh, I've just I'd love to kind of yeah. see come back to see my samples in a hundred years to see how they've worn. That would be nice. That would be fun. I wonder I was wondering if you could like speed up the aging process or something like that. You could oh, I was yes. speaking with Emma Freeman earlier today and she is a yeah, she's a, a lovely, lovely artist and she um buries some of her artwork. So maybe that's definitely that could but burying it in my allotment will probably work quite well. I'd be interested. Always digging up things yeah. that you can kind of stitch with there as well. Yes, I could imagine actually, yes, you can find all kinds of interesting things 
in um, the ground, particularly in and around old places or in areas where people share the space, like allotments, you must find all kinds yeah, of fascinating things. Yeah, you can get some fascinating like things. things that are like a sort of a ceramic frog I found and, and little plastic bits and bobs. Um, but yeah, yeah. I tend to kind of stitch more with multiples of things that I can collect from. Um, it might be sort of like uh, upcycling places. There's a place near us called Scraps. Um, anyone local probably like, I've been to Scraps. <laughs> it's a scrap store. Um, and they they kind of work with different companies and get a lot of waste material, but they end up with multiples of it. So it might be like a company mm -hmm. that's gone bust or, um, you know, some somewhere that's kind of got sequin offcuts. So we've yeah, got, then got reels of like really interesting materials that we can kind of cut up and work with. So I tend to sort of go to places like that rather than using things um, that might just find in the street. Um, I kind of find that I like a multiple of, of, of many things rather than working with just the odd bit here and there. There are certain things that I can collect mm. that uh, over time I'll kind of get those multiples like bottle caps and things like that or wine corks <laughs> yeah yes yes well uh, that's amazing that you have a resource like that so close to you where you can be upcycling and and finding all these mm. treasures to repurpose yeah. in different ways and, and do you find that that kind of um helps feed your inspiration mm -hmm. too like you might just go mm -hmm. there and peruse yeah it the depends what kind of project kind of i've thing. got on but um definitely because I, I think i'm very materials and process led anyway i mean i'm inspired by lots of different things um but i'm actually really interested in um kind of seeing the textile designer as like a an alchemist almost or a scientist so they're sort of um because our alchemists are obsessed with turning like base metals into gold so it's that idea of turning something really mundane and boring into something magnificent so i sort of like to position myself as that that kind of person that can go into say, example a recycling outlet and find all these bits and bobs to then transform with stitch and make something really magnificent and really really beautiful so yeah definitely inspired by material color texture shape and repetition. I think every embroidery artist needs to be a little bit inspired by repetition in some way, whether it's repeating a stitch or collecting a multiple of something. Um, but I like then collaging and thinking about how, not necessarily collaging in the sense of like layering different things up, but more like how will they sit nicely next to each other so that I can have kind of a cluster of one thing in one area and then move to a cluster of something else in another area. Um, I'm a real collector, gatherer, organiser, but also when I'm stitching. Um, and I find that's the bit that makes it mindful and makes it really, um, yeah, kind of something that you can get lost within. Similar to how someone might talk about doing a running stitch, for example. But for me, it's it's that collecting, gathering, and then the stitching that's, that's the relaxing part. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I can see how that would definitely um, captivate you and relax you and give you make bring your focus to the this point in time when you're doing the putting all the bits and pieces together. And thinking about that, what you're talking about with your love of the color and the texture, and 
you can really see that coming through in the the sample that you were just showing us there's all these wonderful shapes and colors and you really do want to just kind of like look at it for ages because there's so much detail in there but also touch it too mm, because it's quite three-dimensional so i do a whole section actually wow. um in some of my advanced classes which is on kind of like creating in creating embellishments for embellishing <laughs> so actually for example like this bit's already yeah. been <laughs> stitched well um prior to stitching it then down into the piece where there are some other areas where i've stitched it um kind of uh, directly to the to the cloth so this is actually a gold work spring so that's more of a traditional thread whereas it's next to kind of like a uh, a plastic uh, cord and then here you've got sort of tubing that's quite three-dimensional mm. but all the stitches are things that you would normally yeah you would you would learn as a beginner so you'll find that i use like couching and french knot and 3D beading techniques, but the only difference is that I'm I'm sort of, as you say, I'm I'm kind of scaling it up <laughs> by using these unusual things as well, um, because the height on it is it's it's, it's you know it's, it's big. <laughs> Some of my bigger pieces yeah. they tend to be box framed um, if they're framed. Um, or they're draped it depends mm. on the context of what i'm doing but yeah the box frames can be really deep there's there's one um that i think is about sort of well i don't know it's 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 very deep <laughs> um, oh beautiful oh how much that would just really kind of yeah. you dive into the details i would imagine yeah, when you've got that kind and i of think depth. it then pushes uh, embroidery to like a whole new level so a whole new kind of scale and potential and context because people when they when they stitch they tend to think or you think everything has to be small and and for some that i've taught they've then thought mm -hmm. mm, i don't really want i don't really want that kind of they want to see the growth and they want to see the kind of development quicker and i think from my experimental embroidery sessions mm -hmm. people get that um they, they they really enjoy um the fast the, the quick yeah the quick pace really grows a little bit quicker because yeah. those things are slightly bigger um however it depends because it's so personal this this workshop people could take it in so many different ways so when i taught a similar workshop on textile artists um private stitch club they um took it in so many different ways i mean they've got three thousand members um online and, and and some some went really big with scale and others took it took the session and made it quite small and kind of more medium scale it depends what they collected and what they collected was really varied mm -hmm. from like kind of things that like the wrappers that their veg came in with all the net and things like that so they, they used only kitchen waste and mm -hmm. um, kind of plastic kitchen waste I mean um whereas somebody else had used um sort of like you said, garden materials, things that they'd found in the garden, twigs, d different um, shells, oh, um, broken glass on the beach. So it really depends where, what people collect, what, what, what materials interest the participant. But I think that's mm. the exciting thing about mm. this workshop is it, it's also really accessible because anyone can kind of join in anywhere in the world because all you need is a needle and thread and then collect some things that inspire you. <laughs> which is really great. Yeah, uh, I know it's 
so awesome, isn't it? And that's what makes um, many of the textile arts just so so accessible. And so, you know, you can really do a deep dive really quickly because most of us generally have needle thread and a bit of fabric lying around. And if not, there's a bed sheet that can be torn up or an old shirt or pair of jeans or something that can always be um, either thrifted from your own wardrobe or the, the shop down the road. Um, one of the things I was really intrigued to find out about is you work with a whole lot of different materials. What is, so two questions, what is the most unusual you've worked with and what is your favourite one of working most with? Most unusual would probably be my hair. So I've stitched with my hair before. That was really challenging, really difficult, but quite an important piece. Um, and were you mm -hmm. stitching like couching? So you're putting yeah, so big my hair on. last year, yeah. and I was um, kind of yeah, I, I was I was using it to kind of couch text um, in in Farsi. So I'm half Iranian, uh -huh. so I was kind of doing it as a protest piece as well, um, mm -hmm. in solidarity mm -hmm. with the women's protests there. So I, I was trying to kind of yeah use the clumps to kind of make different bits of the, the text in Farsi uh, so that was probably the most challenging thing wow. because it slips out I haven't got got quite fine hair so it sort of slips out yeah. but um mm. I kind of hairsprayed it at the end and kept it <laughs> it's still in fact it's up I'll see if I can pan around actually it's just up um the blue one there there is a photograph of on on uh, um, on my Instagram that people can see and my website so that that's probably the most unusual thing and um, what was the other question sorry oh favorite your yeah, favorite that my favorite definitely not my favorite um favorite <laughs> I really like couching with um sort of like cords and plastic um cables so so cables that you might get from your iphone wires do they're just so malleable and really relaxing and you can draw with them really easily so if you have an image or a design that you want to um sort of get out of your head first you could sort of trace around with the cable quite easily and then fill in the gaps with the other more complicated bits so i really like using that kind of cord because I, I think it kind of gives a really neat outline as well so i think it's quite satisfying to stitch with yeah, but still really unusual yeah. and i think there's that thing there isn't it about if it's easier you enjoy it more <laughs> whereas if it's more of a challenge you're sort of like but i wanted to persevere with the hair piece because yeah it was important so yeah absolutely well i love both of those um, ideas and I'm sure you've inspired so many people from listening to our conversation today to try working with hair if they're not inspired to try working with hair at least check out your website to, and uh, Instagram to go and see what it looks like um, and then also um, playing with you know we generally have cords that are lying around that are no longer in use or like earphone things that are broken oh, or right. whatever so they're good so many different if you use kind yeah. of cable and then get and then get something like the headphones that they're getting every cord has a different flexibility to it so you'll find one that you get on with really well <laughs> mm. Mm. 
Oh my goodness. It's just opened up a whole new world of embroidery. It's so much fun. <laughs> Experimental <laughs> embroidery is just like the best because yeah, you can take all these traditional wonderful techniques and just flip them on the head. And and it and it really has invited so many different people mm -hmm. to the craft that never thought they might um, get involved with it because they, they maybe not liked the traditional um, look so perhaps yeah. like experimenting it or rethinking it in a different way is really exciting for them so yeah yeah it totally is well Elnaz I would love to chat with you a whole lot more about a whole lot of things that you work mm -hmm. on but I am mindful of your time and I know that, that it's getting late I don't know about you but I kind of turn into a pumpkin <laughs> at about nine o'clock so I'm very impressed that you're still awake <laughs> Thank you once again for being part of Making Zen and sharing your inspiration and enthusiasm and creativity. Before we wrap up, is there anything, any words of wisdom you'd like to share or anything kind of, um, with our listeners? You mean in relation to, to the retreat or the workshop or anything? Anything, oh, anything that comes wisdom. to mind? Um, I would say <laughs> just like yeah just let your imagination run wild so if you are taking part in in my workshop i would just be try to to approach it in a really free way like have no prior um you know no preconceptions about what it's going to be and i find you'll enjoy it so much so much more and to really just start to use your imagination about what you can kind of kind of use with stitch and where where it might go um Yes, and to always push the, the needle towards the thread. Don't push the thread towards the needle. Everybody, um, I always find that when you do a workshop and you're always seeing people with thread wiggling it to the needle, um, I think the one best piece of advice is to push push the needle to the thread and you'll, you'll get through quicker. Because that's yeah. still universally the, the main thing that people struggle with. Well, that's such wise words and I can tell you're connecting with a whole lot of people because a whole lot of hearts were just coming up for, as you said, approach it with a, an open mind and um, let your creativity run wild. It's it's um, very freeing and I can see there's going to be a whole lot of people looking around their environment in a new and exciting way for mm -hmm. incorporating materials Definitely. into their embroidery. Well, Thank you so much once again. I'm super thrilled that you're part of the retreat and I can't wait to see what everybody creates after following yeah, same. along I with your wonderful workshop. I can't wait workshop. either and I hope everybody enjoys it. And um, yeah, I can't wait for the retreat. Yes, absolutely. So if you haven't yet signed up, um, <laughs> do you have links on your Instagram for the Making Zone Retreat? So pop over to Elnaz's um, Instagram, sign up, um, for the free ticket or if you really want you can purchase the vip pass which means you get to keep all of this for life and a whole lot more goodness um so i look forward to seeing yeah. you yeah. there on the other side thank you Kate. next week thank bye. you so much bye bye, bye. bye. love to you